You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. However, um, you know, it's just so contentious right now and, um, and kind of putting on, you know, events, large, you know, where large groups of people are going to be in a small, confined space is really isn't the the it's not the right thing to do it's the it's basically the opposite of the right thing to do if you're from a from a you know from from the pandemic point of view so i understand and i and as frustrating as it is for me not to play shows i understand why we're doing it hey what's up vox and hops heads i'm matt the vocalist of cryptopsy and the host of the vox and hops metal podcast brought to you by sound talent media where i sit down with fellow metal musicians talk about their lives music and craft beer i hope you had a glorious weekend i most certainly did because i was hanging out with a bunch of vox and hops heads some of my closest friends at this past Friday to celebrate the three-year anniversary of Vox and Hops. Man, did we ever have a blast. We were enjoying killer, killer brews from Mikro Barasari Mitzoid, but we were also enjoying the brand new Vox and Hops collabs that dropped on Friday, including Overhop Canada's brand new Vox and Hops collab, Double Vox and Overhops. That's right. It's a 8.5% double dry hopped, double New England IPA. It's just so damn dangerously delicious. Also available that night was the brand new massive collab with Le Fermentor, Mutaid, the GMPQ Facebook group, and Vox and Hops Ale of the Fathers. That's right. This is a massive four-way collab, which has been created to pay homage to the fantastic, fabulous Quebec metal scene. That's right. There is a massive playlist, the massive Quebec metal playlist that has been curated and put together very carefully by Vox and Hops' metal architect, Jerry Monk. The good thing about this playlist is if you think we have missed a band, if you think that a band should be there, please let us know and we will update it. This is a playlist that will continue to grow, something that we will refine into the ultimate Quebec metal playlist and Ale of the Fathers the old ale has been created to pay homage to my beautiful province's amazing metal scene this Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter, and I am super stoked to have teamed up with them to bring the very first edition of Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops Brutal Montreal, which is happening on December 17th at Theatre de Corona here in Montreal. That night, my band Cryptopsy will be performing alongside my friends in The Agonist, The Great Sabatini, Necrotic Mutation, and Burning the Oppressor all night long. You will be able to enjoy killer brews from BG, Brasserie Urbaine, Massorum Brassatorium, Brasserie du Bas Canada, Sir John Brewing Company, Cinquième Baron, and Brassard de Montréal. This is an event you do not want to miss. Tickets are selling extremely quickly, so if you do want to come, make sure that you pick up your ticket via the link in the description of this podcast. I am so damn stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I would just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm also asking you to tell one of your friends about the podcast. If there's someone in your life 
a massive beer geek. Now, they don't have to be the biggest metalhead in the world, but they really enjoy craft beer. Your mission for this week is to tell them about the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You can tell them that there are over 300 episodes available on all podcast platforms for them to check out where I'm hanging out with metal musicians and we're talking all about craft beer. If you were to encourage one of your friends to become a future Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, in today's episode, I'm with Brian Giles of Red Fang. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 304. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm with Brian Giles of Red Fang. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. It's uh, a beautiful day. Uh, I'm enjoying, uh, you know, life, metal, and craft beer with you, and that makes me happy. Uh, let's dance straight into the darkness so that we can have fun later. How did you cope with this glorious, glorious pandemic that is lingering, seems to be going away, and then comes back a little bit stronger? How have you coped throughout this whole, whole crazy times we've been living? Well, I don't know. I do the best I could, I guess. Um, you know, like I say, I mean, it, it's a it's a major bummer for me. Uh, I try not to play any violins because obviously my problems are nothing compared to, you know, some people. But man, you know, it's been it's been like two years since I played a show. And that's the longest since um, since I was, I don't know, probably 15 since I've gone that long without without do, playing music with, with someone else. So um, eh, that's that was tough. Uh, so what I did was I um, I just I think a lot of people um, did this and I, I was putting it off because I hate computers and technology and I and I and I don't want it to mess with my my creativity man or whatever but uh, I was sort of forced into doing home recording and so now I feel um, like I have an acceptable working knowledge of home recording and uh, I've been doing a lot of that so uh, so it's been fun um, you know uh, just. You know, especially since a lot of the stuff I'm working on is on my own. So just doing real wacky stuff like, you know, I think this flute needs more flange and distortion, you know, that kind of thing. So it's been <laughs> it's been interesting, you know, it sounds creative. It sounds uh, liberating. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, maybe too much. So I think probably I could use a band member to go, dude, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> that is what's fun when you're collaborating with other people is that they know when we should stop whereas sometimes we get into our own heads and, and we think it's a good idea and you know sometimes we need to be told that we know it's a horrible idea that's right so but but in this case uh you know i think it's i think it's good it definitely uh kept the rust from forming um so we're you know we're back at rehearse rehearsing this week uh and um, so I look forward to uh, in-person human reaction in interaction. So that, you know, for the, that's the, the nice thing about here, you know, pandemic part two is that at least, you know, we're all vaccinated and we feel comfortable being in the same room together. So um, even though, you know, we we are, you know, we're we're concerned about people's health. So we're not doing shit where we basically dropped the majority of this year already. Um, you know, because we don't want to get people sick. Um, like Aaron says, you know, we want to play sick riffs, not sick people. So, um, uh, but but at least you know we're 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 playing. So that so that helps my mindset quite a bit. It is a an important cathartic part of our lives, Brian, to to be able to express ourselves 
through music. It's something that we, we started doing it for a reason. I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> it, was a, it was a long time ago, but I think there was a reason. <laughs> you know, it's a part of our nature. It's a part of our personality. Uh, sometimes we can't verbally say how we feel, but through the music, we, we end up getting that cathartic release, which is something that we haven't had throughout this pandemic. So it, it hasn't been easy, but, but we are somewhat closer to getting back on stage, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, <laughs> Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. Uh, what are we going to be sharing today virtually? What are you drinking there on your side? I'm having a Lagunitis uh, Hop, Hoppy Refresher. It's from uh, Petaluma, California, um, and it's and it's quite good. If you're if if you're not uh, actually getting drunk, this is um, a pretty good facsimile, and I think you might get hydrated too. So that's nice. <laughs> so what is it's sparkling water with hops in it? Yeah, it, it's a, it uh, has a, a very surprisingly uh, IPA flavor to it. It's 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 a pretty heady brew for being essentially water. Very interesting. But I was I I was surprised that it was good. I thought, oh, this will be terrible. But a friend of mine turned me on to it. I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. I love the hops. And, uh, you know, not having a hangover is a good thing, especially when it's 11 in the morning for you. Absolutely. Uh, on my side, I'm going to be drinking a Vox and Hops Brutal North America collab. This is actually the last one that came out uh, throughout the month of June. I dropped 22 collabs all across North America with metal breweries and Vox and Hops alumni. This is the last one that came out because they had to rebrew it because there was a defect in the beers they've rebrewed it this is unhuman and saint soublon's collab it's called chaotic equilibrium it's a 5.6 percent abv new england ipa with blueberries and ginger and uh, that's a wild wacky beer combination if you think about it but if you know the singer of unhuman yuri raymond you know that he is a wild and wacky human and likes strange things and i love him love him very very much i'm going to pour this out and i would love to hear about your very very first beer brian okay uh my the first beer I ever had was a um, was a Michelob uh, in a in a bottle. Uh, I think I was about eight years old, eight. and uh, I thought it was terrible. I don't know what I was like. Oh, what what's the thing? Everybody's all excited about this. This is awful. This tastes this tastes <laughs> nothing like Coca Cola. I I don't care for it. But I drank the thing <laughs> because I wanted to be wanted to be cool like my dad or whatever. Oh. Well, cheers to you. Thanks for having a chat with me hey, today. Cheers. Cheers. This is super juicy. Um, really cool. The ginger subtle. Uh, a little sweet. Um, tangy. Really, really cool. Um, Saint Soublon. Unhuman. The last Brutal North America collab. Love it. It's got a cool can, too. Hell yes. My friend Philip Ivanovic designed that for me. I, I basically just told him, I was like, let's just get like the Vox and Hops demon just like crawling out of North America, and he did that. Yes, it's so that beer is good when you're hella thirsty. <laughs> yes, which I'm always thirsty. But uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about craft beer being from Portland. Uh, it's basically a craft beer mecca. Uh, did you ever delve into the world of craft beer? Uh, I was a bartender for a long time, so um, uh, I... I I'm not much of a, a connoisseur, but uh, but I was forced to have some of an education in in um, in beer because uh, you know I had to sling it to people. So, um, but but personally, I kind of uh, I skew towards a pilsner um, and inexpensive variety. 
Amazing. Amazing, amazing. I would love to hear about the soundtrack of your youth. Uh, when you were growing up in your parents or guardian's house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Uh, a lot of Simon and Garfunkel, um, Crystal Gale, uh, Styx. Yes. Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, the one with the cravat. Uh, James Taylor. Uh, some, you know, some pretty, some pretty mellow seventies jams. Um, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, a ton of that. I already said that. Oh, I guess I already said that. My wife is editing me now. This is great. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I say hello. Um, <laughs> he says hello. <laughs> How about your first shows? Do you remember your first time going to witness live music? I think, the, well, the first concert that I remember going to was, I was, um, I mean, I must have been to other concerts. Uh, maybe the, I don't know, the circus or something. I don't know. I mean, I must have seen live music before <laughs> this. But the first concert I remember going to that was an event was, uh, was Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers, and the Oak Ridge Boys in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, I remember distinctly, it was my, my friend and my friend's family invited me, uh, and I was 11. But I had just found out about ZZ Top for the first time, and they were playing across the street. And I was really bummed, because I wa really wanted to see ZZ Top. <laughs> but uh, no, we're going to go see this country music. Uh, br you know, I was rolling my eyes, you know, just co couldn't believe it. But man, I tell you... Even then, I was like, this is really good. And, you know, now as an adult, I, I'm um, really happy I had that experience because, um, you know, I'm, will I ever see Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton, or the Oak Ridge Boys again? I strongly doubt it. But, uh, I mean, mm -hmm. if, I, if I could see that concert again, I would go. But, uh, but it was. It was, it was really it was something. It was a concert in the round. And, uh, and, and that was a... a Really interesting. Uh, I'd, I'd never seen that before, and it seems lo like a pain in the ass logistically um, from a from a band point of view. But uh, they did a great job, and the, just so many flowers. They were Kenny Rogers was like up to his knees in flowers in, in roses. They just loved him. Wow, quite the heartthrob in whatever nineteen eighty six. How about your first time on stage? Um, <laughs> I imagine it was a with a trumpet in your hand. Uh, yeah, when I was a kid, I was in a, I was in a, uh, the band, and I guess starting in sixth grade through eighth grade, and uh, so yeah, well, I, I did a lot of that. I was in a musical. I think I was a I think I was like a, a chipmunk, and I remember having to wear. Uh, uh, black nylons and this squirrel outfit and just was just mortified. I was like, this is awful. I think the parents loved it. They're like, look at them. Look at the little weirdos up there. You know, so I think um, so I'm not sure that's where I got the bug to be on stage from. I mean, but I but I did struggle my way into those tights and, uh, and I did my thing. Uh, how about your, do you remember your first time on stage with a guitar? Your first like metal experience on stage uh first uh, first co like concert at a venue uh was that was probably 1990 and uh i was in a band called wonderful station wagon and uh, basically it sort of morphed into into wonderful station wagon because we put on the show at a venue that like has legit 
you know, touring bands. And so we just told them we were from Braunschweig, Germany. No which, way. <laughs> which clearly is a food and not a place. But uh, but they gave us a guarantee and pizza. So we showed up and... Um, That's a win, right? Uh, I know. And so we showed up and, well, we ate the pizza. But uh, <laughs> the, the promoter was like, dang, uh, you guys aren't from Germany. And we're like, oh, yeah. And they're like, well, you, there'll be no $100 for you. Really? <laughs> yeah, they pulled the money, but we'd already eaten the pizza. So whatever. We... <laughs> We wanted our foot in the door, so that was all right. And I remember I wore a motorcycle helmet, like a full, like motocross motorcycle helmet with a, uh, with a, I guess it was like a pelican skull duct tape to the top of it that I stole from <laughs> biology class. And um, one of the songs I remember uh, doing was called "Shitting Blood." And I, I think the chorus was, "I swallowed a cheese grater. I shat it out later." I was shitting blood. <laughs> it's really deep stuff, man. Anyway, that was a quite an experience. And uh, I'm, I think my, my my favorite things, but no, I guess it was 1989. No, no. Oh, my God. Was it really that early? It might have been 1987, 88. Yeah, it was 1988 wow. is when it was. I was 15 or 16. And in uh, uh, any case, so like I said, the, the promoter didn't know, figured out we weren't German pretty quickly. <laughs> um, but then there was somebody in Tucson that was from Germany and came to the show specifically to talk to other Germans, you know, just because he hadn't been home in a while. And he came backstage and he was visibly uh, upset that we were not well, who we said we were. <laughs> um, anyway, but, but he, he was pleasant enough about it. But you could tell he was a little ticked off anyway. So we're like, hey, well, so sorry, we're not German, but is there any way you would introduce us in German so, you know, to add to our mystique? And uh, he's like, <laughs> sure. And so, so he goes out there, lights are dimmed, and he's like, uh, you know, I have my German, my pre I pretend German is awful, but, you know, he's like, I Wanderfullen Stashenwagen. You know, he's just ramping it up and ramping it up, and it just sounds like, you know, trying for the will or something. Like, n not really, but okay. Anyway, um, so, and then we all come out on stage and we, you know, play Shitting Blood or whatever song. Or yet. <laughs> there was quite a crowd. We've, we, our flyer campaign was intense, so we actually did play to a crowd. But uh, a year later, I was, I had moved to Pittsburgh, and I was, and a, a friend I had made out there was in. What had been taking German was in German club, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Well, I have this recording of this show I did last year. This guy doing German, you know, introducing <laughs> us. I have no idea what he's saying. Can you tell me what he's saying? And she's like, "Okay." So we listen to the tape, and she's like, "Well, what he says is, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I I came tonight to meet these guys. Um, I went backstage, and uh, they're really not very good musicians." <laughs> they, um, they, I don't think they know what they're doing. They're not even German. <laughs> Wonderful station wagon. <laughs> anyway, so they basically just kind of derived this. But I don't think anybody in the audience spoke German either. So that went over really well just because it was exciting. But anyway, like a year later, I found out that he was just slamming us. But, but, it all, but it all worked out, you know. Anyway, Amazing. I think that was, that was our only concert as Wonderful Station Wagon. <laughs> and then I went on to many other bad ideas. Hilarious. That's amazing. Amazing. Um, Red Fang just dropped Arrows on June 4th via Relapse Records. Um, funny videos. You guys are known for funny videos. Um, 
the way that I have 10,000 craft beer collab ideas with Cryptopsy, we have two out so far. There's more in the works. Uh, I just have an endless bag of ideas. H- how do you guys come up with all these hilarious videos? You guys, it's like it's almost like you guys are known for it. You guys have great music, obviously, which is why it works. But uh, a lot of recognition for your hilarious, out-of-the-box music videos. Where do those ideas come from? A majority of our videos are... Um, the concepts are the director, uh, Whitey McConaughey. If it's, if it's live action... And it makes you laugh. It's most likely his uh, his really? his work. Yeah, um, he start. We started with him. Uh, I guess it was maybe 2010. He came to us for the concept of prehistoric dog, and we were just laughing our asses off. I mean, it was what a ridiculous thing. I was like, this idea is great, you know. And I knew he was a, an accomplished videographer, but I was like, well, you know, let's see if this actually translates. And it was even better than, you know, he had described. Um, he's he's really clever um, at making these things happen and, and making them happen on a shoestring budget. You know, I mean, we did have, you know, a pot to piss in, especially back then. You know, there was no budget. I think he did it, at, you know, you know, just to help out, help us out. You know, I mean... And it and it really did help us out. You know, we were we had a MySpace page at the time, and um, Prehistoric Dog had been on our MySpace page, which was the premier way to check out bands on the interwebs uh, back then. And I think we had the song had been up for over a year and had around ten thousand listens. And then the video came out, and within a month, it had thirty thousand views. And so it really made a big difference as far as you know people finding out about us. And so. Um, you know, if it's not broke, uh, don't fix it, you know, and he's still willing to make videos for us. And, um, so it, yeah, it's a, it's a great way for us to, uh, to bridge the gap, um, you know, with fans, um, say, yeah, well, we're, you know, we're not, uh, we're not tough guys. We're not, you know, we're not flexing on you, you know, we're just here to party, have a good time. And I, and I, and I think that people under kind of understand that about us. So, so it's nice, you know, it, it makes for a really pleasant uh, fan interaction because, you know, they don't they don't have to, you know, tell us how much, you know, they they deadlift or whatever. You know, that's not the conversation <laughs> that you're going to have with us. So. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I, the, the credit goes to Whitey. I mean, he, you know, we get to, you know, throw in our two cents if there's gags like, oh, well, what about, you know, this gag or that gag? But the the grand concepts are all his, and and basically he, we we still get together at a bar or something, and we and we just hash out the ideas and the ones that grab us the most, and the ones that we can afford. You know, it's like oh, I love a, us jumping out of a plane, but we can't afford that, so let's not do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, one day maybe somebody will give us a give us a check that could actually cover that, but uh, you know, for the time being, we are on on Earth doing doing ridiculous cheap things. <laughs> I think that's really interesting. Um, Cryptopsy were sort of in the same boat. No one in-house, like in the band, is a video guy. Uh, I have a friend, Chris Kells. He does a lot of stuff for the podcast. He does music videos for a bunch of artists. He's uh, from The Agonist. And so they're like in-house guy, video guy is Chris Kells. So you guys found uh, this extra family member, basically, that's become an outside like source family of red fang that you trust to come up with these visions for you guys absolutely yeah and and it's and it's great that he's still you know he's still doing it um i think uh you know the time for him to do 
favors for us is way well over. Um, not that there ever was a time, but uh, but it's great. He's still you know interested, and you know we just did a um, a live stream, um, quote unquote. Of course, none of these live streams are really one hundred percent live. But but um, he assembled a, a, a camera crew. I don't. I think there was like seven or eight camera folks and. And he did a, just a really fantastic job, you know, and that, and that didn't have, like, comedy or anything in it. Well, there was a little comedy bit at the beginning, but, you know, that was just a live video. But it just, it, it looks and sounds great, and uh, so it's, it is really nice. I mean, I don't know what it, the videos would look like if we were doing them. It'd be like, it would be like, what, what, is the, what does the bottom of my thumb look like? That would be probably the video. Um. Are there any ideas on what he comes to you and he pitches stuff to you and then you're just like, no, that's too much? Has there ever been one? A concept that just was too out of the box, too extreme? Uh, no, actually. I think he, he, knows, he knows us enough to know what, I think, what our tolerance for craziness, for wackiness is. <laughs> and I, so, I mean, there's ideas that we still have, but, it, you know, just we, you know, we try to chase them down and it, and it, just, it just wouldn't work logistically. You know, we had a concept that involved children and, you know, just just the legally getting getting children on set is a nightmare. So we're like, all right, no kids, which is fine by me. I don't have any. And, you know, to for for a reason. So anyway, <laughs> uh, but uh, but no, he's I mean, you know, he, he has great ideas. It just comes down to whether or not we can make it happen or not. And, and generally he he makes these things happen it's crazy it's just sort of it's like oh there's no way we can afford to do this on this budget or and the time constraints and who's in town and this kind of thing but it all seems to work out it's amazing it's amazing it's a match made in heaven i think it's awesome uh just just perfect it's really launched your career um really helped your career i think it's it's cool i like when I had no idea that this is how that went down. So I, I think it's very interesting. Yeah, I love and, and then, stuff like that. And then we have a. And then uh, more recently, been working with a guy named Ansel Wallenfang, um, who sort of came to us out of the blue. Um, he worked at an ad agency here in town, and uh, he honestly he contacted our tour manager initially, like, "Hey, would the guys like to do X, Y, or Z video?" And uh, Chris Coyle, our tour manager, was like, I don't think you should be talking to me about this. Uh, but uh, they had a discussion, and then he made a connection. He made a, a you know, made us get together. And um, Anyway, so he was responsible. We just did a video. Well, it was like five years ago now. He made a video which basically you had to, it was an interactive video where you, in order to watch it, you had to headbang accurately so cool. to the song. Well, I... I've never watched the whole video in that format because, well, it hurts my neck. I think it's for young people. Yeah. But anyway, it was, like, it was a really cool idea. Anyway, that is a cool so, idea. So he realized that, and, and that's still out there for a song called Antidote. Um, and then he re and then uh, one of the videos we released for Arrows uh, was for the song Why, and it was like animatronic animals in a in a band, you know, at a pizza shop, and the singer falls into uh you know he gets addicted to pizza and his life kind of goes to shit so anyway but that video is fantastic i think that's one of his first live action videos he's ever done and i um i think it's really good and i it probably helps that we're almost not in it at all uh it i think it stands on its own as a as a really weird 
sort of like I don't know. It's like it's cute meets requiem for a dream kind of thing. Mm. Anyway, so so I'm excited about working with him, and and now in I think in the next maybe month or so we'll have another video up by him where uh, we are buried alive, which is holy shit, which sucks to shoot, man. No, I, I can mean, imagine. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'll, I'll get in a I'll get in a coffin, but you know when I'm dead. Anyway, mm. so they had us in this coffin built for four for 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 hours, and uh, yeah, whatever. We see what we do for art. But anyway, I'm yeah. really, but I'm really, <laughs> but I'm really excited about it. I, um, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a really, a really fun video. Not so much to shoot, but I think that the end result's gonna be great. So uh, I'm anticipating seeing um, a rough cut of it. I think the next day or two. So hopefully, everyone else will see it in a month or so. Amazing. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Let's talk about craft beer. Now, you guys just dropped one with Wayfinder, of course. Uh, that makes complete sense with Matt and Relapse. Um, it's the Malt Liquor Weekender Edition uh, with the hops from Hop Revolution from New Zealand. Um, talk to me about how this beer came together. Talk to me about how uh, this beer exists. Well, the Wayfinder guys are, are super, super nice folk. Um, they have an association with uh, with Relapse. I, I want to say, well, Orion Landau, um, who has done all of our album art since we uh, uh, started putting records. All of our Relapse records are his art. So they came to us about doing a beer, and I was like, well, of course, that, that sounds great. Um, and then, you know, we sort of let them run with it. And then about, you know, a couple of months later, sort of spaced out on it and then they came back and said okay we have it and i said great what what is it and they're like it's a malt liquor i'm like my nice. god man <laughs> you kidding me which which for people that don't know is basically like what a cold 45 and yeah. what that all those big brews from back in the 90s would be yeah that's right old english you know all the stuff exactly. that just makes you feel terrible before you're even done with the evening <laughs> you're like on your second one you're like oh my god what what was the concept about that? Forget about regretting the next morning. I regret tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they associate you guys with that? Well, I think that I mean I like I said you know my beer drinking is skews towards you know inexpensive yellow beer when you want to drink like ten of them you don't you're not you're not really tasting the subtlety of it you're just putting it in your face <laughs> and uh, you know catching a buzz so. Um, anyway, so that sort of became a, uh, 
a thing, you know, with our videos and stuff that we're sort of associated with shit beer. Um, uh, but I don't think that was their motivation necessarily. But, you know, I mean, I guess, I mean, if anything, you know, it's, it's uh, brews for the people or whatever. But I will say that um, having tried it, uh, you know, it's, it's malt liquor, certainly. It has those characteristics. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's a microbrew, and it's, and it's fresh, you know. Uh, you know, I sampled it, you know, a couple of days after it had, it had just come out of the, the tank, you know, right into the can. So, so um, it was kind of, it was an incredibly delicious um, version of that. I mean, like I say, I mean, if you don't like malt liquor, you won't probably enjoy this either, but... Um, it is, it's, it's, it's quite refreshing, surprisingly. It's amazing. I think it's so cool. Uh, there was three artworks as well, which uh, I thought was very, very, a smart thing to do with a band collab, uh, to have like multiple versions of collectors, this whole collecting of craft beer, of music, of vinyls. I think it's just so damn cool. He's going to go show us, I bet. Yes. There's this one, this psychic tiger. I think this is my favorite one. John has this on his kick drum now, and it looks really, that's awesome. real, really good. Did you guys provide the art, or is it... I don't have the third one, but uh, it is... The Psychic Tiger is part of... I'm not sure if it even appears on the album, honestly. Uh, there's a lot of, like, clip art um, involved mm-hmm. in the in the packaging. Um, and oh, I understand, yeah. So this, this is... One of them, I, I feel terrible. I don't know if it appears on the album or not, but it's but it's definitely inspired by that, and it's. I think the art is really cool. I'm really excited to get uh, guitar picks with some of these uh, images on them, um, and I also like that it's all neon pink and green, uh, so I won't lose them in the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> very very cool uh big subject uh you guys we spoke about it briefly at the beginning uh you want to play sick riffs you don't want to play the sick people uh canceling a tour uh, it's hard enough having conversations about what's going on in the world right now with friends let alone bandmates family members uh take me to this decision of you guys deciding to cancel a tour um was everybody on board and you don't have to name names but what was that whole decision process like deciding to not go out on the road when there are massive festivals going on incarceration fest just happened um thousands of people there How, just take me through this whole process if you can um well i think everyone has a different um risk tolerance you know and i and i would say probably of the people in the band i'm the one who's most risk tolerant my sort of my attitude and this is not defensible and i'm not here to argue my point um i'm just saying what my attitude is as well basically we canceled last year because of the pandemic um which and and i and i'm not saying we're not doing the right thing i believe we are but the big thing for me is that once we got the vaccine I felt like at at some point there's a tipping point, and it really it varies from person to person of of you know your personal responsibility for you know for like I'm not everyone's mother, and uh you know if the vaccine is out there and you can you know you can you know be hardcore on your mask mandates if you go to a concert um you can quarantine yourself from your family members that may be at risk um you know with co- it compromised immune systems or elderly 
um, and stay away from them and be safe. And I feel like that that's a that's personal responsibility. So um, my attitude was like, well, I think we can do this safely, you know, and basically just have va- uh, vaccine and mask mandates for all the shows and and do it as as safely as possible. And so I felt pretty comfortable doing that. However, um, you know, it's just so contentious right now and um, and kind of putting on, you know, events large, you know, where large groups of people are going to be in a small confined space is really isn't the the it's not the right thing to do. It's the it's basically the opposite of the right thing to do if you're from a from a you know from from the pandemic point of view so i understand and i and as frustrating as it is for me not to play shows i understand why we're doing it and um and you know as 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 difficult as it was for me you know like oh my god another year we're not playing shows i'm i'm gonna smash shit you know but uh, but i understand that that's it's the right thing, and I feel like we're going to land on the right side of history when all this is said and done. And and like I say, I don't want to be responsible for anyone getting seriously ill, or you know, I mean, someone go to a concert and they get on the bus on the way home and kill some old lady they'd never met before. And so I don't want blood on my hands, you know. And and I feel like until you know the we get over the hump and maybe we start seeing, you know. 70 percent 80% of the population vaccinated um it's really it's not safe to go in the water right now you know so so that was where that went down and you know and i i had to really course correct myself mentally i was like you know cuz my attitude to some degree is like well fuck them they don't want to you know if they don't want the vaccine fuck them but you know that's kind of a shit attitude so i'm trying to ro- reel back from that because you know what i've had terrible ideas too but these are these are life and death terrible ideas so you know whatever i mean everyone's got their hackles up on both sides of the fence on this thing and you know everyone is a, has a right to have their own opinion but i but i think for our part not creating an, an environment where the, the the you know the virus can spread uh, is the, is is the least we can do. You know, as I w- I'm it's killing me not to get on stage, but I but like I say, I mean, you know, I'll wait until we can truly have a good time, and there's not something in the back of your head saying, "How many people we kill today?" Oh. You know, fuck that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Um, the the response was was majority positive, uh, from what I read, uh, when you guys announced this, which which means that your fan base uh, seemed open and, and respectful of your decision, which which I thought was cool. It, it was, and you know, and I try not to dive into that world too much, but uh, but yeah, it did seem like um, the reaction was better. I mean, I've seen trolls just be merciless, you know, oh, yeah. and, and, and there have been some comments where it's like, well, fuck you, and you know, I, I, I don't give a shit about you, and I'll never listen to your band again. It's like, okay. If that's real, if, if, you know, wearing a mask or, or going to Walgreens and, and sitting still for five minutes is, is, is really the breaking point between you and me as far as having a you know, relationship. It's like, well, then really didn't have much to go on in the first place, did we? So, anyway, but yeah, in general, people have been cool about it. And the thing is, you know, if anybody thinks that it was like some kind of flippant, like, yay, let's not play shows. No, they've no, got, no. They are 
freaking wrong. Yeah. No, no, no. I, 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 being in a band, I can only imagine the amount of back and forth. Are you guys, you guys, are you guys out on the road? We haven't done a single thing the whole time. No. Welcome to hell. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's awesome. What goes on in this party? Nothing. <laughs> I am very lucky that I do get to fill the void of performing with the podcast. So I get to have chats with people like you. And right before we set up, uh, I get those same little like goosebumps, same little, you know, spur of energy as if I was about to climb onto stage. Uh, you mentioned that you started doing home recording to fill your void. How else have you been filling the void of performing? I Well, I did, I, I, I did a video... Uh, you know, uh, two minutes to late night, they do, you know, really? they yeah, do yeah. covers. He rules. Anyway, yeah. I kind of jumped into that. I, uh, <laughs> you know, got an oversized cowboy hat and I climbed in, a, in the back of a pickup truck and we drove around the neighborhood and I was air guitaring. So I'm like, well, amazing. This is kind of like a show. At least for my, <laughs> at least for my neighbors, they're like, should I call, should I call police non emergency? I think our neighbors <laughs> lost his mind. <laughs> I love it. Uh, one last question. It uh, probably doesn't happen to you very often because you know what's going on and you know your limits. But every once in a while, it happens to everyone. What is your hangover cure? Honestly, more of the same, <laughs> which is awful to say. And I don't, you know, I mean, I don't, whatever. But that that seems to work, you know, in the, in the short term anyway. Hair of the dog, or or as I like, or as I like to say, pelt of the dog. <laughs> The whole fucking dog. <laughs> Fuck it. Tuesday, Amazing. fuck it. Let's, let's call it a day on the whole day. <laughs> Brian, thank you so, so much for taking the time having a chat with me, talking about your life, music, and craft beer. Uh, I had an absolute blast. Everyone go check out Arrows, the brand new Red Fang album dropped June 4th, Relapse Records. It's a great album, and you're going to enjoy it. Brian, thank you so, so much. This was great. Cheers. Hey, thanks for having me. Cheers, everybody. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, did I ever have an excellent conversation with Brian. Man, did we ever get a little bit more political than I tend to do on the podcast. It's not something that I like to do. I just feel like the conversation was there to be had, and I thought it was very interesting, so I dug a little bit deeper into it than I normally would have as soon as I finished recording this conversation. I apologized to Brian, and he was super cool about it, and he felt comfortable, and he thought that it was something that was important to be spoken about, so I feel good that we did. This was an awesome conversation, and I can't wait to hang out with Brian again. Now, if you don't necessarily agree with what we did talk about today, that's okay, because you're allowed to have your opinions, and we're allowed to have ours, and we're still allowed to be friends and be good humans. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, Vox voxandhops.com that's v-o-x-a-n-d-h-o-p-s.com and when you do that you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the vox and hops mental podcast including all the details for any episodes which i dropped throughout that past week if i've been a guest on someone else's podcast as well as any pertinent information of any cool projects i have in the works as well as the updated links to the brutal awakenings playlist which is curated by my man jerry monk the metal architect himself and is available on both Apple Music and Spotify. Now, there's just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. I would hate for you to miss a single thing. So please, please sign up to that mailing list. 
The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I hope you have a glorious rest of the week. I will be back next week. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops hits. Hey, you. Did you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.